Welcome again to the multi-purpose room. If you're like, what just happened? Where's my actual seat at? And why are we not in the gym? Uh, it, it's all about the AC situation in there. And so we just needed a safe space for people that we could gather in the whole thing. And so we're here today. Uh, again, let me just do a couple of things. Number one, welcome to everybody in the outdoor venue and online. Can y'all welcome them with me and just say, hey, we love you. We see you. And we're glad you're here. Uh, hey. Uh, on, online people, YouTubers, you're traveling for Labor Day. Hey, we will pray for your forgiveness. But here's what I want to do today. I want to set a YouTube record uh, for most likes ever on a Momentum YouTube video. So usually there's just two. There's me who likes it and my mom every week. But it would just be so cool if this week online we set a record. So take a minute, hit the little like button, and then we'll get going with it today. We are in the grand finale of our series, Faith Like a Champion. Now, hear me when I say we're building a championship faith. And when I say that, I am not talking about adding a little prayer before dinner or, or adding some little religious tradition and saying, hey, why don't you come to church more? No, we are talking about building a lasting confidence in Jesus, a kind of walk with Jesus where the whole world around you could be in a state of chaos, but on the inside you feel calm and connected because of the faith that you have. When we talk about building a championship faith, we're talking about a Monday morning faith where, yeah, church is great, this feels nice, singing is good, but a kind of faith that goes with us to Monday, to Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, everywhere we go as well. Uh, we're talking about building a kind of faith that is worth passing to the next generation. If you have kids, if you're thinking about kids, kids one day, if you disciple kids, if you serve in Kid City, trust me when I say these kids do not need us to hand them any more tradition or guilt or moral obligation. What they are hungry for and what they will be thankful for one day is to see people model a real tangible faith in Jesus that builds confidence and helps them walk straight in a world that's sideways. And so we've been after that for the last six weeks now. We've been saying this over and over again. Great faith grows intentionally, not accidentally. You've never seen an accidental champion in your entire life. Anybody following the Serena Williams narrative this week in the US Open? And, and yes, yeah, she's amazing and her whole run and she's won more, like every single, every other one that they've had for the last 20 years, she's won and grand slams and the whole thing. Well, here's the thing. Serena did not accidentally become the greatest female tennis player of all time. There were so many different drills and practices and routines that went into that for her and created who she became. You guys, our faith is the same way. We don't slip and fall and just land in great faith. We don't flow with culture and just get blown by the wind of culture into great faith. As a matter of fact, we get pulled into the opposite. And so we've been saying this, there's this list of things that actually help us intentionally build great faith, practical teaching, private disciplines, providential relationships, pivotal circumstances. And today we're talking about personal ministry. You like how they all started with P there? Because I'm a pastor and that's what we do. We, it's not holy unless you alliterate, okay? So now you got it, personal ministry. And I want to tell you about this, where this first crossed paths with my life. I came to Christ. I became a Christian around the time I was 18 years old. There was a series of events 
that helped me find Jesus. One of my best friends was a Jesus follower. He stayed in my life, even though I didn't follow Jesus, invited me to church over and over again. And I was around sometimes and out sometimes because of that friend. Well, this youth pastor moved to the church where my friend would invite me and we just hit it off. We had a lot in common and he's a great guy. And I'm not joking when I say this guy that happened to move to the church and become the youth pastor when I was 18 years old was, was like the greatest to ever do it. I'm not joking. So when he left that youth ministry, all kinds of cool things happened. There's so many uh, young people now in ministry full time because of this youth ministry. We can look all over the country, coast to coast and see things. He actually preaches right now and leads a church it's kind of wimpy. It's got 30,000 people. And they fly him around the country to preach and teach students the Bible to this day. And, and not, I'm just saying he's great because he's done big things. He's done it the whole time with humility, with authenticity, with love and kindness and, and lifting Jesus up in all the right ways the whole way. Here's the crazy thing, though. I lucked in, you know, God, by his grace, put me in that environment. And here's the craziest thing. I don't remember a single one of his sermons. I mean, not a one. If you're like, Matt, on some big, powerful moment, were there big, powerful moments where your life changed? I'm like, yeah. You're like, well, what did he say? I'm like, you got me. I, I don't know what he said. And you're like, well, what about like, were there fall kickoffs and cool student events you did where tons of kids would come? Yeah. Well, what did he preach at those? I'm like, you got me. I remember one thing, and this is after I was uh, grown up and I was in youth ministry myself, and I was preaching on Matthew 6, and I remember he preached on Matthew 6, and I liked the insight that he had on it. I found it on YouTube, dug out that one little portion from Matthew 6 about your heavenly father knows what you need. I remember what he said then and there, but the rest of it is a wash. But do you know what I do remember? I remember one time when I was in a small group on a Saturday morning and he said, boys, wake up at 7 a.m. I'm going to pick you up. And he rode around town and grabbed each one of us in his little Isuzu Amigo. And we loaded into the Amigo and drove to this shelter where they needed somebody to make breakfast for the residents there. And we served breakfast to homeless people together. I remember that. I remember the first time I was a goofy, awkward high school boy who was struggling to get a C in speech class. And for some reason, he went to me one day and he said, Matt, you know the little talk people give before communion? I'd like for you to give the talk. Would you do it? I remember the time that I had went to Bible college. I didn't know what I was doing. I knew I wanted to follow Jesus and help people meet him. I signed up for a Bible college 35 minutes away from my home, and I was doing everything I could to help students know Jesus and to learn about Jesus myself because I was pretty new to the G 